We have been created for one specific purpose, and that is to glorify God. And they undo that. Their goal is to undo that. They center everything. The glory. They're, we're all glory thieves, and they're just thieving God's glory. They're robbing him of, God's, of his glory. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize, seize the, the faith. faith. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where we are not starting this one over. Many a take has happened since we tried to start this podcast, and now we're rolling. Yeah, I think this is officially number four. We've gotten it all out of our system, and we're here with you tonight. We're ready to go. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we're 15 seconds in, and we are not turning back. That's right. So I hope you're ready to strap in, hold on tight, because this is going to get serious real, real fast. Excelsior! We'll try to keep it. We're going to try to start it off slow and then roll right into some of the most... Disturbing and sad stories, really, in a while. So, uh, probably haven't been this this overly sobering on the Carby Fidi podcast in a minute. But well, we're back. We're back, we're baby. Back. Episode forty-one: Truth, Justice, and the American Way. How the sexual revolution is the culmination of the curse. Indeed, it is a hundred percent. So we'll be hitting up Genesis three. Don't you worry. Oh. But we got to get there first to the culture. We're gonna hit it. Gonna smack it all up in your face. Gonna, it's gonna be <clears throat> probably going too far with this one. I'm done. Okay, I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I take part responsibility for that. That is on me. Do apologize, everyone. Ah, uh, so to start, <laughs> hold me back. Hold my be. Hold me back. To start us off tonight, uh, we're gonna just we're just gonna be talking about some just some cultural things that have happened recently. But they they point. This is this honestly has been a long time coming. So we have tried to. I wouldn't say we've intentionally tried. We've we've been pretty clear about gender, but we haven't necessarily gone full Bible, so to speak. And and it's about time because I got I got real angry this week. I got real angry. Did you get real angry this week, Jesse? Yeah, I got real angry this week. There's a lot of things making making us angry crossing these news headlines here. That's right. And since so since we got uh, we we just were like, all right. It's time for full Bible. It's time for full Bible. We're not. We're going full, full metal jacket here on this one. Full, full Bible jacket. Full Bible full, jacket. Full Bible cover. Yes, which is a far stronger metal than the full metal jacket of the bullet. All right. So anyway, I was thinking some type of cargo material, perhaps zipped or velcroed, like '90s style. Cargo material? Maybe not cargo. Maybe I'm thinking of oh, like nylon. That's what I'm thinking of, like nylon. Oh, so we're just gonna go like a like a body like body armor then. Oh I, no, I was actually literally. Oh, this sucks because we can't actually go back in time and cut this out. I was thinking, I was just yeah. restart the podcast. <laughs> just no, restart. no, okay, we're not doing it. Okay, I was thinking like the cheesy Bible covers because that's really the only gauge I have. Oh, you're covers. talking about a full cover on the Bible? Yeah, you know like what? literally no, together. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. We're on the same page. Moving wow. forward. To start us off tonight, we wanted to uh, talk about the most recent Lego news. <laughs> Seems like after three minutes, all of our listeners stopped listening. <laughs> wonder why. <laughs> wonder what is, what are our, our, our data? It's not telling us anything. Oh so gosh. Lego this week has come out and announced that they will be making. Come out. I like that. That was a good one. Well, it is. Their it national like coming, coming out, out day the, happened yeah. already. They've come out. I believe they came out. They may have come out on national coming out day and saying that they are <laughs> making genderless Lego. Dun, dun, dun. I know what you're thinking. Lego was a plastic toy. <laughs> and you are correct. <laughs> Lego is a plastic toy. I thought the L stood for Lego. <laughs> LGBT. LGBT. Lego 
Bisexual. LGB2? <laughs> like a droid in Star Wars? Yep. Anyway. Um, what you might not know about Lego, the massive empire that it is now. but Besides in- the fact that things were gendered apparently before. Yes, that they will now be genderless. You know, it's just funny. I didn't notice like a block and tackle on any of the dudes. And I didn't. You know what? Anyway, we're not going to. It's just <sighs> such a dumb, dumb thing that our, our world is dumb. This is the stupidest timeline. <coughs> <laughs> of all possible worlds, this is the dumbest possible world. You okay? I'm dying over here. I'm kidding. I'm fine. It's just... We're all dying slowly. In 2005, Lego was on the verge of bankruptcy. I bet you didn't know that. That's only like 16 years ago. But they made some big changes at the top. They tried to get some people in to assess what was going on, what went wrong, since they had been in existence. Uh, I think that, what? Jeez, since like World War Two, they'd been... I've cranking no, out I Legos, have no idea. so um, so they made they tried to get some changes, made some changes. They did a, a very l- huge study in two thousand and eight, trying to figure out their demographics. And one of the things that study found is that ninety percent of sets, Lego sets, were bought by boys. Ninety percent. Never could have guessed that. I know, right? <clears throat> and in that study, two thousand and eight, I believe it took. I believe they did a four year study, like a longitudinal study across all demographics. And they found that 90% of the sets were bought by boys. Now, well, wait, wait, wait. 90% of their sets were geared toward boys or 90% no, of the literally sets were purchased, purchased bought for, for boys? boys. Okay. Yes, purchased for boys. This, uh, this actually sparked them in 2012 to start the Friends line of Legos, which is basically garbage Legos designed for girls. No offense, ladies, but... They're, they're they're they look silly. They look Listen, silly. We the believe that women silly. shouldn't be second class citizens, but Lego put out second class Lego sets. Yeah, that, that's they, what that's they, what we're saying. They made Legos for girls called Friends in 2012, and let's just say marginally increased women's engagement in Legos. Uh, Lego sets are you still, didn't know they did turns that out because they're trash. Yeah, um, turns out Lego is still predominantly uh, played with by boys. This is not sexist. This is just that boys tend to like that spatial relationship connectivity of legos it's it's literally part of the design Uh oh we're gonna go there a lot tonight differences between men and women so um because of that we're gonna genderless the legos genderless legos what does a genderless lego look like the legos that are just the the, we already have lego all all the lego we already have it's the same oh oh, they, they change nothing you're saying well, it's just that... I thought I saw like, so, pictures of like rainbow ones without faces and stuff, kind of creepy. Like yeah, Halloween. well, that was when they, they actually literally, literally released a set of minifigs, a special set of minifigs in oh. this past June um, to symbolize intersectionality, everything. Yeah, so there was that. It, look, this is, this, this is to lead us somewhere, guys. We're, we're going somewhere with this. What I want you to understand... We're not doing bad. No, this is good. I just want to make sure everybody knows this is going somewhere. If Lego was not enough... <clears throat> Then out here on National Coming Out Day and in our National Coming Out Day week, which seems to be every day of every week of every year, from here till eternity, we also lost Superman this week. The Man of Steel is now the Buy of Steel. <laughs> the Buy of Steel. We didn't lose him. He's still here. And let's be clear. Is Superman... A couple of, couple of key points about Superman. One, Superman is not a man. Okay? But it's he, in the name. No, he's an alien. He oh. came from Krypton. That's derogatory. No... Yes, as sure. Demi Lovato would say. Demi Lovato has a great grasp of very few things. Boy, is she trying to be relevant. 
It's hard for her when she's making Barking alien up the tele- wrong she's tree. Making, she's making supernatural alien television shows as if aliens were real. No offense, <laughs> man. Anybody? No offense. If you like aliens, it's all good. They're fun. I, I really enjoy Independence Day. So anyway, it's a good movie. One Superman is not a man, uh, and two, he's only super on Earth thanks to our sun. So anyway, I mean, technically, he's super near our sun. So as long as he's on Pluto. Probably okay. Just maybe stronger, though, if he gets towards, like, Mercury, I guess. That's how that would work. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, but look, here's the reality. He's not a man. Guy's from Krypton. He's a Kryptonian. But somehow he bumped uglies with uh, Lois Lane and uh, had a child. That's how that worked. So now we have Superboy. And this is where the problem comes in here this week. It's it's a problem, not a problem. I don't really... It just... It's It's a problem. It's ridiculous, okay? It's a problem. So Superman is not by. However, his child, Superboy, <laughs> is now by and has taken up the mantle of man. So Superboy Man is confused as to who he would like to play with. Yes, we'll go with that. <laughs> this is a piece. This is, we got to keep. This it. is literally. This is literally as ridiculous. It's like that scene in Zoolander where he's like, "Merman, I'm Merman, Merman, Merman." <laughs> Merman pops. It's Merman. <laughs> this this world. <clears throat> anyway. So, apparently, although it is interesting, they both like reporters because Superboy's man's crush is a dude reporter. I'm telling you. So, we're sorry that we started off with this a little ridiculously. The point is to show you that everything's just a little ridiculous. Now, one of the things that really kind of bothers me is Why? I mean, if if indeed this the sexual revolution is as strong as it is, why does Superboy now Superboy Man need to be bisexual? Why aren't there strong bisexual, queer, inquisiting, inquis- inquiring, transgender superheroes that are popular and mainstream? Why? Why is that not the it case? It could be like Jello Man. Like it. It changes its consistency. It's very fluid. It depends on how hot or cold it is. What you know? I mean, where's the where's the pansexual superhero? Why why are we why are, why does it need? I, I just don't get it. Well, it's we actually we actually honestly covered this in Take the Language, Take the World, because the Marxist communist roots of all of these movements. The seek reality, to tear down. Yeah, let me just say this right now. If you're listening to this and you haven't listened to our, we don't have a ton of we 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 have 41 episodes is not a lot of episodes. All right, so go back and listen to some. There is literal literal podcast gold on some of the episodes we did, not because we did it, but because of the content that's in it that we simply quoted. <laughs> that's literally exactly. So, what. if I could be clear, you should definitely go back and check some of those out. Uh, the long telegram is particularly interesting, so go back to that episode. Uh, no God, no freedom. Know God and you will know freedom. Go back and listen to that one. Very good stuff. Uh, that's just a a point to you guys. They're there to literally encourage and exhort the body of Christ towards truth. So just putting that out there. But everything we've said thus far is seemingly ridiculous. But it has this synopsis that we want to make and assert. And this is where the culmination of the curse comes into this whole idea of the sexual revolution. And here's the reality. The culture is coming for the girls by coming for the boys. That's how it's doing it. It's going after the boys. It's going after men and masculinity to literally conform it 
and destroy it and rebuild it as nothing, and that is how it will then come for femininity. It's doing it both. I think there was a, a thought that, that feminism was going to be this way in which it was going to tear down masculinity. I think far more devastating to, the, to, to masculinity has been the, mo- the, the sexual revolution's movement towards bisexuality and, and transgenderism. The, the letter, the, the alphabet soup, the cornucopia, cornucopia of acronyms. Or the alphabet mafia. As as I like to call them, <laughs> that's, that's funny. A good I like one. that one. <laughs> I think Jason Whitlock calls them the Alphabet Mafia because they literally are constantly trying to crush people. Yeah, take no, take them hostage. It's a good one, right? Like thugs. Alphabet Mafia. All right. This synopsis: They're coming for your girls, but coming for the boys, and this is the reality. New York Times ran an article this week. Uh, the title of the article was "Abortion Rights and Trans Rights Are Two Sides of the Same Coin." And here, I would like to fully agree with the opinion writer Jennifer Finney Boylan who is a trans activist. I would like to fully who agree ironic, with her. Who ironically started as a boy. And <laughs> now boy land. Boy. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> no sense. Uh, I, quoting from the article or in, in any sort of length would be a waste of time. We agree with her. Abortion rights and trans rights are two sides of the same coin. It's, it's the clear premise of the article. This is the premise. All right. The, my body, my choice. It's the same premise. The, the cause needs to be fought the same way because at the end, both of those things, the sanctity of life and the identity that there are men and women biologically made are both need to be tore down because they are both constructs created by God. They are God's constructs. He made them. And so, yeah, they're two sides of the same coin. The question is, what is that coin and what's it seeking to do? Yeah, I mean, at the end of her article, not to not to go through her whole article, um, Al Mohler actually does a really great treatment on this. If you listen to the briefing, the briefing from ten twelve, um, but her her very last sentence, because people don't speak in paragraphs anymore, they literally every paragraph's a sentence because of Twitter. Uh, she says, Just "Add more commas." She, she, <laughs> Surely, those rights include the right to make our own choices about our own bodies. Surely, those rights include the oh, the profound and simple gift of being allowed to live our lives in peace and that's literally the stated goal they're just like you know yeah for for abortion rights you know the lgbtq people are right there with with them because we've had to we we've been oppressed and now everyone's being oppressed oh my gosh but yes no i i would agree i would agree they they do go hand in hand they are both the devaluing of human life they are both uh wildly absurd uh, they are both uh, sinful and selfish to the core of uh, the individual's being. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely two sides of the same coin. That coin just uh, is unfortunately, boy, human rebellion. Yeah, it's the culmination of the curse. They seek to undo what God has done. We have been created for one specific purpose, and that is to glorify God. And they undo that. Their goal is to undo that. They center everything, the glory. They're, we're all glory thieves, and they're just thieving God's glory. They're robbing him of God's of his glory. Soiled it. This takes us to the story that we really wanted to get to. So we've we just unpacked a couple of fun cultural things that are just sad and absolutely just, horrific. They're just they're crazy. Not, they're not fun. They're, they're not fun. They're, well, I don't know I mean, why you said fun. Lego's fun and Superman's fun, but then what they did to them is but just... what they did to them is just... So. It's, it's just gone... 
off the deep end. And then the New York Times article points to the exact reasons why. Why we need to do this. They better not come for Angry Beavers, because if they come for Angry Beavers, my oh. childhood is just decimated. Norbert and Daggett? No. No, not Norbert and Daggett. No. Daggett, why? They're brothers. Fortunately, it's built into the plot. So if, if that gets weird, we're... <laughs> Stop, <laughs> Look, if you've not... <laughs> If you've not seen Angry Beavers, you need to go YouTube that mess. I'm sure it's there somewhere. Figure something out. Figure, figure it out. Figure it out. Um, this takes us to our, our very... We wanted to get to this very serious story and, and march <laughs> through just... The, these are, By the way, everything we're talking about has come out this week. So everything we just talked about is this week. Okay? This is the state of the culture. It's not, it's not going to this. It is this right now. So you're going to need to crack some Bibles... All right, and hold on tight. You got to hold the line. All right, for real. This brings us to the story that's coming out of Loudoun County Public Schools. <clears throat> you may have been acquainted uh, with Scott Smith and uh, what is going on there already. If you're not, then you're about to get a very sobering and eye-opening journey into what's happening in this particular county. Now, this is county has made the news several, uh, just a bunch of times the past couple of months. Um, you may have seen. The school teacher who at the school board meeting gave a very articulate and well worded, uh, I guess, I guess I call it a speech, uh, yeah. some summary of his beliefs, his Christian beliefs that he would not be able to follow their policy to call students that by by gender that was not actually their gender. Yeah, I mean, he, it was essentially an appeal for his First Amendment rights. Yes, it was. He was being was he being fired? Oh, he he was suspended, or he wasn't being anything there. He was saying that he would not be able to follow this policy, oh. which he was then fired. Right. He then won his court case and was reinstated because it turns out you can't just super do awkward. That. How, how do you how do you work with somebody after you've done that? Like I know how I work. Like, with I, them. I feel like that person, the person that fired him, should also then be fired. Uh, well, I definitely think just he, to make everything less awkward. You, you know, he walks by that guy, just smiles at him every time. Like, oh yeah. Hey, how's it going, Hal? Doing all right. Right. Doing all great. I'm having a great day. <laughs> I love working here. <laughs> uh, but you know so, I thank God for free speech. Isn't that? <laughs> <laughs> it turns out everything he said was, I will love students more than you do, school board, because Christ compels me to love them more. That is everything he said yeah. was right there. It was a really good speech. Because he has the it. truth. Because we'll if it. you know God, you know truth. I mean, you, when you have no God, you have no truth. That's the reality of it. All right. That takes us so diving back into this exact same school district, this public school system here, okay, with this same board of education and the same gobbledygook bomb crud that they have going on. Uh, there's lots of. I'm just trying to avoid using any like, foul language. Kid, kid, kid friendly, kid friendly. The passion bubble is pretty high on this one, guys. You'll see why. Then we're gonna go back, way back, back, back in the back in the way back machine, all the way back to May of this year. So it's October. Oh my gosh, back to May. May 28th, uh, Scott Smith, uh, this is the father in question. It's also the guy that you'll see, you've seen, you may have seen on the, uh, the viral videos being arrested uh, in June from a Loudoun County School Board meeting. Uh, he gets a call May 28th uh, that there's been an incident involving his daughter at the school and he needs to come in. So, like any, I, I'm I'm going to assume this is not me assuming. I would assume like any reasonable father, he thinks there's been some sort of incident of bullying or perhaps a fight. This is what you would think when you're being called to the school, um, most most traditionally. I mean, at worst if you want to go worst case, you're thinking, oh no, something medically has happened. But you'd assume that the school might tell you that, right? Um, so he shows up to the school expecting, you know, your standard, 
hey, this bullying incident happened. Hey, this fight was going on and, and having to step into that. And what he get, then gets unpacked into, right, is the, the principal and his daughter uh, communicating that she has been raped in the bathroom at the school, hmm. right? And my first thought as a father is, I'm so confused, I don't see any police officers here, <sighs> right? Well, that's because what he was told by the principal is, this is what's happened, and we'll be handling it internally. And that's uh, that's a no. That's a hard that's no. That's a hard no. That's not a chance. All right. First of all, you've in, you're entrusting your child for nine hours a day to these people, and they're going to keep this rape incident in-house. We're going to handle rape in-house. Without the authorities. This is literally our, our mom actually pointed out something very profound. She she said, "Look, wise woman, she, very wise woman." She said, "Like this is literally the thing that people get so you know crazy about churches doing is keeping things in house. Like, no, there needs to be a jurisdiction. There needs to be government oversight. Well, here we, here we have government entities now pulling the same type of crap to try to hide the evil, sinful things that happen, like." I think the statistics are, are actually far worse within public education because there's so many people in public education. I think the stat is like one in ten oh, children is like either sexually assaulted or sexually harassed in the public school systems by a teacher or an educator. Yeah, what's that's not even the worst part. The worst part is the teachers. There's you don't hear about it. There's no ramifications for the teachers nearly as much. In fact, they literally have whole systems where they put teachers into faculty rooms as opposed to fire them with busy work. I mean, it's literally uh, it's literally a joke. I don't know if anybody's ever seen the the Netflix uh, show Kimmy, uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, very, very, very funny. Um, but literally, it's in the first season. It's like episode. I don't know. I want to say like six or seven. There's a, a joke where she goes back to school to get her GED because well, it's okay. I'm not doing the whole show for you. But she goes back to school to GED, and it's a horrible teacher. And his goal is to make it to the faculty room where they put bad teachers that they don't know what to do with. He wants to not work. <laughs> That's his goal. And it's a joke, right? The public school system should be defunded. Plain and simple. That's the long and short of it. Defund here, here. the public education system. Moving forward, okay? He shows up. He's now told his daughter has been raped. His daughter is there. The principal is there. They're going to handle it in-house. Well, you know what? He had a little bit of a reaction to that, you might say. You could imagine a father having a reaction to that story. Okay? And he said, no, we're not doing that. And he said, yeah, we are. And he said, no, no, we're not doing that. And apparently he did use a, the P word for the principal, uh, calling the principal a P word, which I mean, it does seem that honestly, that may be exactly what... Re- yeah. Can we just agree that <laughs> seems like probably he probably actually appropriate? Acting like that? Yes, they may have been acting like that. What do they call that? A word in season? Is that what they call A word in season. <laughs> okay, that might be... All right. Um, well, this law, this horrible outburst. You had, can't cancel you know, us. <laughs> get, you have to understand what then happened was this. What was the principal had the police called on him for having that reaction? OK, what reaction did you expect the father of the, the daughter, the ninth grader, the 15 year old daughter? being raped in your bathrooms while you're supposed to be keeping her safe. You expected him to have the what? Like, oh, geez, I guess stuff happens. What is it, a shoulder I mean, shrug? Not only that, but they didn't do anything about it. It's it's So they called the police on him because he was being loud and causing a scene. 
Thank and, and, goodness. Well, and then they offered counseling to the poor students that had to witness that event. Well, yeah, well, but let's go in order. This is important because um, what I'm happens sorry, is, I'm, right? I'm no, it's okay. It's the police come. Absurdity. It's just... The police come, and thank God at this moment, the police had a, some sort of moment of clarity or rationality because we'll see later that I don't know that they did. They, they all have their best clarity here, all right? They, they have this moment of clarity. Oh, really? They then escort Mr. Smith and his daughter to the hospital to have a rape kit administered, and it turns out that that, that rape kit came back positive for the prosecution. Because she had been raped. Yep. She was telling the truth. At school. And they were going to bury it. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. It's horrible. And that that would be oh that would be the that would be a horrible story if that was the whole story. Did you give the whole context about the skirt and the LGBTQ issues that was going on in the county at the time? No, I hadn't done that yet because I thought maybe I'd intro that with the Board of Ed meeting because it kind of ties into why he showed up to the Board of Ed meeting. Okay. Yeah? Is that okay? Well, I mean, it, it might be relevant here because that's probably a pertinent information. Yeah, so information she was... As to right. why they well, buried Well, you, dude, do, do, do tell the detail. Give her, give her the detail. Well... Loudoun County. I mean, starting with starting with that uh, the news story of the uh, the teacher that was speaking about the the pronouns issue. They have been uh, heavily heavily talking about you know LGBTQ and trans rights and all of that stuff, um, and sp- specifically about bathrooms, like trans bathrooms, who gets access to what bathrooms, and all of that type of thing. So, uh, Loudoun County is already on the map for some pretty hot um, hot meetings and so i mean and it i'm sure that there was a political motiva- motivation for keeping this particular story quite under wraps but why would that be well because the um the poor girl that was uh, allegedly raped um was raped in the girl's bathroom by a a male student wearing a skirt that apparently sometimes likes to dress in skirts and identify as someone who would wear a skirt like a woman uh, yes, ah. like, like a woman, but definitely not a woman. Yeah, this would be called womanish as opposed to being womanly. Womanly is good. It's when a woman is ca- displaying the characteristics of a woman. Womanish is when a man decides to act like a woman, and we call him womanish. It's or a effeminate. Yes, yes. So, and it's not a badge of honor. That's that's no. That is a derogatory. No, thing. no. It's like, hey, how the war's this way? Stop acting womanish. Hey, <laughs> Poor Hal. Hal is getting beat up on this episode. I'm going to use Hal the rest of the night. I'm sorry, Hal. But what we had here is, yeah, a, a student, a boy, a male with male everything in a skirt go into a woman's bathroom because he had a skirt on and then raped a 15-year-old girl. A 15-year-old boy raped a 15-year-old girl. So well done, everyone, I guess, here. Great job, Loudoun County. Slow claps for everybody because they said, boy, this will never happen. Failure. Yeah. So this leads us to June 22nd, the infamous Board of Ed meeting. What were you doing on June 22nd? I was not here. If I was, I also probably would have been arrested. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, So keep going. Got to keep going. Got to keep All right. The Board of Ed meeting here was uh, specifically discussing Loudoun County's new transgender policy. And uh, and and its implementation, and uh, Scott Smith showed up to this. You would think wisely because uh, he had had a pretty uh, personal and negative experience with the trans <laughs> policy 
uh, considering his daughter was raped. Yeah, it's a one-star Yelp, Yelp review here for this. That's story. a no-star. That's a that's a a flaming garbage can emoji. No pun intended. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Slight, slightly. <laughs> um, he shows up to this meeting, and uh, and he there's there's parents on on both sides. There there actually was a a, a bit. There was fewer on the pro side of the the policy, and there was a lot of parents kind of like, uh, no, we're we're good here. Um, they eventually had the meeting itself declared a um, unlawful unlawful assembly. assembly because why why did they do that? Because when when a one parent would say something that most of the parents agreed with, and they cheered. They they said that that was disorderly. Yeah, yeah. how dare they? How the, how dare those parents show that their support for what they want their elected officials to do? What in the world is wrong with people? This this should be on another episode of What's Wrong with You People News. Oh my gosh, I couldn't I couldn't do this one. On, I, there's no way. I, I try to keep that light. <laughs> so how bad. do you keep this light? All right. Um, so he has his time with the microphone, and uh, he has some interactions with people that are there. Um, shortly after that is when it was actually declared an unlawful assembly. Um, but when his time is done, he gets into an altercation with a woman wearing some sort of rainbow shirt who uh, essentially is alleged to have said that she, quote, don't believe your daughter. Nice. Hashtag yeah. believe all women. Yeah, I guess that, that, Hashtag went, me too. that went right out the window, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Right it became inconvenient, and so she does not believe his daughter. Well, you know what? If my daughter had been raped and had done the brave thing and actually had a rape kit done, and the boy was facing, by the way, uh, two counts of, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know, ears for kids, two, two counts of anal assault, one count of anal rape, and one count of forced fellatio rape. So, yeah. That's that's what this kid was facing because that's what he did. It, it, I guess, I guess if I had someone tell me that my daughter was a liar, I might get a little angry too. Now, to be fair, but if my wife was there, my wife would have handled that woman quite handily. But it, and his wife was there trying to use words, but he was speaking to the woman, speaking now, speaking heatedly and, and leaning, but not putting any hands on his hands or down leaning. As he was speaking to this woman, well, a police officer came up from behind and began to grab him. Well, one, that's that's not what this is not a this is not a, a violent situation. Why are you grabbing the man? Do not grab the man. Okay, that's not you don't need to do that. He they grab him. He they grab him from the side. He does not know who's grabbing him. He pulls his arm away, which then turns into an altercation with the police. He then gets arrested for disorderly conduct. Right, and that's and that's the thing that's on the news clips. Yep, that's what you've seen. You've seen Scott Smith. Crazy, crazy white man goes crazy at crazy, you know. Yeah. Yep. Board meeting. And and let me let the, let's just let me sum poor, this up. Too. Poor board people. <laughs> Watch out, school board. And look, no, school board is not an easy job. Don't run for it if you don't want to be in the elected position of you school board. Can't take the heat. Don't take the seat. Yeah. Amen. Um. Here's something you don't know about school boards. There's, there's over 18,000 school boards across the country. Wow, I didn't know that. You're yeah, right. you didn't know that. Let's say every eight, all 18,000 school boards is made up of minimum five members. You think uh, you got transportation, curriculum, you got a president, you got some honorary vice presidency, you got another thing. So let's say there's at least five. Some just made up things. <laughs> so, so you're talking about, nine, let's say, 90,000 members of school boards. There's, there's more because in bigger districts, obviously, you have a larger school board. Let's say about 90,000, right? 
you have a you have so few incidents by the way so what happened was i believe one of the largest organizations that you can be a part you can be that is like an affiliate organization that represents school boards i think they have something like 2000 school board members so we'll say 20000 school boards 2000 we'll say that say 10% representation of the school boards they're the one that this big organization is what sent all this information right to the Biden administration, which is what opened up the can of worms of, hey, let's go ahead and use the FBI to investigate and the DOJ to prosecute these, quote unquote, radical parents. Okay, but one of their lead materials was the video of Scott Smith being arrested at the school board meeting. Why? Because he was pissed off because some woman told him that his daughter was a liar about being raped in the school bathroom, which, by the way, she was. Now, the problem was at the school board meeting, the school board themselves, while he's making these accusations, said, we have no records of any incidents of any sexual assaults in our bathrooms as a result of this policy. And of course um, you don't because you like tried to bury it, you yeah. jerks. If you lose the paperwork, yeah, sure. Oh, we lost the paperwork. We don't have any records of that. Yeah, but it happened uh, just like a couple weeks ago, you dummies. Yeah. I mean, just just think of the humanity here. I mean, I mean, like seriously, seriously, try to put yourself even remotely close to that situation and and – pretend that you're sitting there and there's a school board and on such a sensitive topic and they are literally lying to your friends and your neighbors trying to tell you that everything is okay you know like that's horrible i've i've had i've had people who are supposed to be trusted leaders lie to my friends uh, from from stages and it is an it is a awful feeling the feeling of betrayal and helplessness is palpable and to have that to have that something be the the rape of your daughter is like just absolutely my it, it should be criminal really truly i mean of all of all the things in this incident that we're trying to say is criminal that should be one of the things yeah this is where i for, i cut you off but we should have said it but back back when he was at the office and he got loud and heated they did, as as you said, Jesse. Uh, they did offer counseling, their counseling resources to any students that may have seen the man become out of unruly and out of control. No, what they should have done is said, "Oh, hey, we're sorry that that dad got mad because his daughter got raped in the bathroom. We're working through it with the authorities." That's what they should have said. Instead, they said, "Oh, we had an unruly parent. We're so sorry if your student saw don't, or don't go near Jimmy." <laughs> like, like no, like what in the world? All right. So before we get to what's what's actually unf- then unfolded with the case uh, of this this fifteen year old sexual assailant, okay, which is what he is, which would be a predator actually at this point, um, I want to mention that as he was arrested for disorderly conduct, this is a crime that is almost never prosecuted, even inside of Loudoun County. In fact, in most places like New York, it's not really even a crime anymore. They arrest you and say, "Hey, don't do this again," and put just release you somewhere else. It's like when you catch a squirrel and release it further away from your house so it stops bothering you. Or like a illegal immigrant crossing the border. <laughs> don't start. <laughs> um, all right, so different podcast. Let, let me point out here: Loudoun County's attorney, her the the attorney <laughs> general of Loudoun. I'm ignoring you. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher her name. It's uh, Buddha Barrage. <laughs> <laughs> Good try. I tried. I'm not even. Anyway, going to. she ran on a platform of literally uh, uh, having no more crimes. I don't know how to say it. She she did your general liberal attorney that's what she wanted to be the general attorney I'll make all the to, crimes go away yeah she didn't want to arrest people we need to we need to you know not, <clears throat> not take away all the guns police, all the crimes take away the away. yeah the crime uh, that was her whole platform and uh almost never ever would you prosecute disorderly conduct it is a misdemeanor at best here on the books it does not carry jail time 
she literally showed up to prosecute the case, seeking jail time for Scott Smith. She showed up in the court. The attorney general of the county, the one in charge of the whole thing, showed up for a misdemeanor disorderly conduct case seeking jail time. The lady that wants to get people out of jail, are we seeing the stupidity and the obvious disgusting double standard in this case? Maybe you'd want that guy in jail so he wouldn't keep talking about how his daughter was raped in your public schools. That you tried to cover up and bury. (sighs) My word. But it gets worse. (laughs) No, that's not it. You move forward in the case. Uh, So as we record this, it is October 14th right now. That's because we record so late at night. It's actually tomorrow. October 14th. This is the day when... Oh, that's a sad realization. (laughs) This is the day when um, the... Uh, assailant, the sexual assailant, uh, was to actually plead guilty. Now, here is what's uh, just overwhelming to me. I can't imagine the grace this takes. The family, the Smith family, actually allowed for a plea deal to, to, to happen that did not include any of those three very large criminal charges, right? Those large felony-level charges. They actually pled it down. And the re- his reasoning was... Because if this was a one-time instance, he didn't want it following the boy for the rest of their lives. That was his, of course it would be expunged, but they didn't want this this to lead to any permanent damage for the boy. Maybe it was just a very egregious, horrific, awfully evil one-time mistake. That was their, that was their, their, their thought process here. So there were, he was released on house arrest, um, pending the plea deal to go through and him to plead guilty on what would have been today, October 14th. However, it turns out eight days ago on October 6th at another school inside the district, a 15-year-old student was held captive in an empty classroom and sexually assaulted by, you guessed it, the same perpetrator. Now, I'm going to say allegedly, but I can also tell you how we know it was the same perpetrator, just to be clear. So here's what happened. He was supposed to be on house arrest. He was supposed to not be at school. Instead, he returned to school and was transferred to a different school. No problem. Sweep it under the rug. Just keep covering it up. And it turns out he did the exact same thing at another school. And you may wonder, well, that sounds allegedly, how do you know that? Well, here's what happened. The uh, reporter that actually broke this news doing yeoman's work reached out to the family when they had, when he had found out that there was another incident of sexual assault at another school in the district. And they said it can't possibly be the same kid. However, the reporter reached out to law enforcement, a member of law enforcement, and they did confirm that it was indeed the same child's name. Then the Smith family also reached out to the parole, uh, the parole officer that was supposed to be in charge of this this child, and the response from the parole officer was, "Yep, I put him in juvie yesterday." Nice. Yeah, that's great. They also con- contacted the special victim unit. The Smith family did, and the special victim unit detective said, "I can't tell you what happened, but it happened." And it's bad. Oh, dear goodness. So here's what we have. We now have what is clearly a sexual predator that has done this twice 
once dressed as a woman intentionally leveraging the transgender policy in a school to sexually assault a woman and then did it again. It's, oh, by the way, in that, in that case, because of the withholding someone in the classroom, you're basically looking at um, some level of not, not necessarily kidnapping, but detaining charges as well as the sexual assault. It's, it's, it, it's not, good. I say just start making up charges and charging them. That's what I say. Yeah. It's, it's really bad. The, the whole situation is a crap storm fire fest. It is awful. Here's the thing. The transgender movement is seeking to undo creative order. Just like the abortion movement seeks to undo the creative order, just like the sexual revolution seeks to undo the creative order. These are things that try to undermine the very basis that God has given us in society. And they stick, they come for, they, they are focused in laser focused right now on men. They're laser focused on men. This is why little Nas X is constantly in the news laser focused in on men we need to undo the the, the Wait, what, men. why is he in the news well because he's a man but he's also gay that dresses like a woman oh i didn't know that it's the it's, oh you didn't know that about little Nas X? no what are you under a rock i don't care about little Nas X, <laughs> so i don't get any news stories uh, about that. that's fair uh, totally fair. Please continue. <laughs> Feel free to continue not caring about him. I love not knowing that about him. <laughs> anyway, her. anyway <laughs> this whole thing is what undermines. It's it's this undermining of culture, and it's it's meant to be the very curse laid out in Genesis chapter three. Yeah, this is the trajectory of sin. Like it's it, and it has been since the beginning. I didn't know if you wanted to jump into the scripture. The oh, reality, I'll jump into the scripture. You jump into the scripture. All right. So the reality, and this is the reality. We are, there is nothing new under the sun. All we've done is gotten somehow uh, in some ways better at doing evil. Like we're just getting, we're just refining our abilities to do evil. Um, maybe it's just, I guess maybe you'd have to call the innovators, the, the original innovators, the best at it, but we're just becoming more and more frequent with our grotesque abuses of God's creative order. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, going back to Genesis, um, you know, if you, if you flip into chapter three, um, you know, Justin was, Justin, we were talking before and he was just like, well, why don't you read the curse on the woman? I'm like, well, I feel like it starts actually a little bit. I feel like pertinent information actually starts a bit before that. So if, if you look directly after uh, Adam and Eve eat, uh, took of the fruit and ate it and disobeyed God, If you look at chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Sexuality is one of the first instances of things that we see tainted by sin in this world. So true. Um, And, you know, uh, it it just, it carries through. So, you know, reading on... um, Verse 8, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid. Why? Because I was naked. So I hid. Then God asked, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Here here it is again and, and again, excuse me. You know, the idea, who told you 
that you were naked. You know, from the very beginning, sexuality was was twisted and wrapped up and marred, and it affects everything downstream of that. Um, you know, it, it, looking at verse, looking at verse sixteen, when God is laying out the curse on the woman, He says, He said to the woman, "I will intensify your labor pains. You will bear children with painful effort. Your desire will be for your husband." Yet he will rule over you, and Justin, you are rightly talking about how um, how this is wrapped up in so much of the sexual revolution. Um, you know, in in the past fifty or sixty years, just that it is it is that attempt to destroy what God has made, destroy maleship and femaleship, to destroy that creative order and to to reverse it, to topple it, um, and just to completely basically allow sin to have free reign over that domain of life. It's, it's, and, and to, to be clear, I'm not ignorant to the fact, uh, that in this curse, uh, when he speaks, uh, plainly to the, the, the woman, right. Um, there, there are many ways to take that, that particular curse. Um, when it says that your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Um, but one of the word, one of the wordings that commentators have taken over the years is the obvious the obvious reality that the the woman will desire to usurp the responsibility that God gave to man and to take control and we see this I believe I believe that to be inaccurate comment from from the language and the commentating to be correct because we see this in a culture that did not value women in the early church era right what happened when God said no my daughters are free. Well, what we saw was, was the teaching, the, the, the general acceptance as co-members into church families and church bodies across the, the known world then. But what you had was the, the issue, all right, women are free, and women began to then take that freedom and ultimately go beyond into the creative order where they were supposed to. We see Paul write again and again, Right about how men and women still need to understand the creative order and their creative roles that God has given in the creation. Because yes, men and women are co-equal image bearers of God, but God has given them different roles and different responsibilities, specifically to carry out the cult, the create the cultural mandate, the creative mandate that He gave. And and in doing so, in doing so, when women were devalued in that culture generally, they were not devalued in the church, and suddenly they did not know how they should how women women did not know how they should handle that freedom. And guess what? Men didn't even know how they should handle that freedom. And so we saw Paul have to constantly course correct and say, "Hey, let's get back to what God has called us to be as men and women together, as husbands and wives together in the body, working together." And he constantly had to call them back. And so what we see here is the woman will have a desire to snatch from man and and take over the responsibility that God gave. And let's remember, it is not that man was better. It is not that man was more capable. It is that man was created with distinct characteristic attributes and was given the responsibility by God. Man was given it. And this is why you will see that in the culture, in, in, in the culmination of the curse, men will seek to abdicate responsibility that they have been given by God, and men and women will seek to take responsibility that is not theirs as given by God. Yes, it is a, uh, it is a push-pull dynamic. 
Absolutely. Men will say, you know what? I don't feel like dealing with it. I'm a lazy jerk and I'm not going to deal with it. And women will say, he's going to get better. If I can just do put these seven-step plan in, we're going to do just fine and I'm going to fix him. That's exactly what you see in the curse outlined by God. And that is why if we can destroy men, if we can destroy men, the responsibility falls to the women. Automatically, you're living the curse. You have undone the creative order God has given. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. Enter in whatever humanistic philosophy you want, and you're good to go. Opens the door for Marxism quite nicely, actually, inside of all the constructs. It just creates more and more chaos because you've taken away the objective reality of what God has called men and women to. And the reality is that when men and women live out the roles that God has given, they flourish. Mm-hmm flourish to his glory and that is facts baby it's true it's so true yeah absolutely i mean you you see that and even i i really should probably learn who who said this but i I do remember reading uh, i forget if it was in a commentary or or what but there are actually early um like early secular commentaries that actually did make a note of how christians treated women and how distinct it was from the rest of culture. I do forget who said that. I really should probably go back and check that out. That's probably a good one to tuck in my brain. But tickety tuck tuck that away, baby. But yeah, but I mean, when when men and women live in the created roles that God God has for them, um, you know, flourishing is certainly much more easily attainable. I mean, there's still sin, but but having that identity piece nailed down, you know, takes a lot of the fog out of how should I live life practically with this person for sure. And this brings us to what we see as a, as a necessary discussion. And that is the, a, a three way, a three prong way to remember what God has called man to. Um, the reality is God has, we, we, it, it is, it is, it is known because our culture hates it. The reality of what God has called women to, um, because they denigrate it. The culture denigrates what women, God has called women to. They denigrate the fact that God has gifted women the cultural center of all the world, and that is the home. She is uniquely gifted in her ability to make, she, she make, women make kings. It's the truth. The home, right, is the center of culture. When the home gets destroyed, and you don't believe me, just look around. We are we have we have eroded the home over the last fifty years. Look around you, and where are we are where we're at. The home is the center of culture, and God specifically designed a woman to be able to build the home, so that out of the home would arise the leaders that would continue to make the world and the homes safe, secure, healthy places for the righteousness of God. And the culture denigrates that. We look at that as a as a as some as some sort of subservient role, which is absolutely asinine. There's never been there there was never a great leader of men. There was never a king born that did not come through a woman. Ever. Never happened. It does not it does not happen any other way. Yeah. Real quick, before we get into those these roles that we wanted to talk about, um plug for uh C.R. Wiley's House, The Household and the War for the Cosmos. Fantastic book, kind of chronicling, uh, well, what, what, what the economy of the household should be, what it should look like, 
um, and kind of like historically how it went wrong and what we can do to, to kind of recover some of that glory back. Um, very, very good book. It literally blew my mind. I read entire pages to my family because I did not know where to start and when to stop because it was just so incredibly good. So, uh, I will do my best to link that in the show notes, but if it's not there, it is household, the household and the war for the cosmos by C.R. Wiley. Wiley. It's a great name, by the way. Uh, he didn't pick that part of it, but yes, it is pretty cool. Um, so, uh, three, three different kind of categories or, or roles for men. There's, there's, there are, this is not exhaustive, but it is, um, it, it, it is, I think broad enough to encompass many of the, it's a nice little language. way to remember. It's just a helpful way to remember the roles that a man is to go, because this is what we're losing. The culture wants to rip these away. They want to take away masculinity. They want to take away the idea of masculinity. They want to literally feminize men. That's the goal here. Yeah. In the meantime, North Korea and China are like, hey, guys, we got to get rid of all these effeminate men out of everything so that we can just put in strong men. We need our men to be strong men. Which is why, in, which is why, in thirty years, we will all be paying in yen and speaking a funny language. Fun fact: We actually did an episode on that on that very story with uh, Alex from the Men's Muster. Oh yeah, that's great. It's, it's, an, fun it's an early episode on uh, China. I think. I yes, what, it is on. It is on China, and it is on China and their goal to make men manly again. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas America's goal is to. Well, not make men manly. <laughs> That's not the church's goal, though. So, anyway, back to what we're saying, because well, we know the church's not goal. our church's goal. Well, yeah, and amen to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, so first cat, first kind of, what do you even call this? First role is cultivator. Yeah. Cultivator. See, I picked up on that pause there that was like, hey. Eventually. Talk. <laughs> Genesis 129 says this. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. Verse 30, And to every beast of the earth and every bird of the heaven, to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. Um, Scrolling down to Genesis 2, verse 15, it says, Then the Lord God took man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to watch over it. Um, that idea, the idea of cultivator is one of uh, stewarding the creation, um, stewarding the relationships, stewarding all that God has given us uh, for God's glory um, uh, in as much as uh, we are able. Um, we see that here in the creation mandate um, or the, the dominion. The, what, man, what is it called? Is it dominion mandate? Yeah, we can call it the dominion mandate. We can call it whatever we want. Hey, we made the rules here. Sistheo coming out next year. <laughs> Carpe fide. Sistheo. <laughs> Systematic theology. I got what you oh, said. Okay. <laughs> well, I didn't think you meant cisgendered Theo. Cisgendered Theo. <laughs> we don't need to say cisgendered. We can just say men and women. <laughs> don't don't get trapped into the culture's words. Take the culture, take the world. No, no. You keep your cisgender over there. Take I'm the just a dude, okay? I'm a dude. That's what I am. I'm not going to say I'm a cisgendered dude because I'm just a dude. We don't need to say cisgendered because you made up other words. <laughs> All right. Uh, so here we, we, in Cultivator, what you literally see in men bored out in many practices, right? It's the idea that they're always going to be tweaking, adding, tinkering, making something better. Why? The car runs fine. It doesn't need these extra parts. Why are you putting them on there? Because it can run better. That house is great. But yeah, but it could be better. The lawn is bigger, better, faster, stronger. Exactly. 
That's that's the whole. This, this is the idea of cultivation, right? It I'm is a to bit proud of that. Continue. What your little yeah your little Kanye nod there, your little Yeezy <laughs> nod. Well done, great job. There's a career for you, I'm sure, available somewhere. <laughs> uh, that's the idea of call, cultivator. Mr. Calling buddy, sorry. Sure did. Uh, that's the idea of cultivator. God gives men to be cultivators, but that is not all He gives them to. Um, one. What else does he give them to, Justin? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Jesse. Let me tell you. Uh, one of the other things he gives to men, one that we are rapidly losing, is the idea of being a warrior. He gives to Triggered. Them. Oh, I'm sorry. Should I put a warning before I said that? At least. Warrior. He gives. He calls men to be warriors. Um, and we would see this, namely, in the garden. Before we get to the... We got First Corinthians 16, 13 up for you in a second. Um, but before we get to that, we see this in the garden because uh, when Satan comes in, what should have happened is uh, he should have told him what the truth was. And if Satan hadn't believed, he should have hadn't have left. He should have grabbed a stick and then beat Satan out of the garden. That's what he should have done. If the truth was not going to be good enough, he needed to get the enemy out. There was an enemy in the walls that had what ha- that's what happened when Satan when the serpent came to te- tempt them. That's what should have happened. Yeah. The warrior should have snapped out of Adam. But unfortunately, Adam and every man after him has followed in his footsteps is far too cowardly mm-hmm. as opposed to what 1 Corinthians 16, 13 will tell us, Jesse. Yeah. So Paul writes, be alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Now, uh, the uh, I thought it was interesting, a little fun note, uh, hearkening back to our conversation with James and Aaron Coates. Hearken. Um the uh, the pocket lexicon to the Greek New Testament actually has for that word um, a- acting like men. Uh, it says that I I act in a manly fashion. I display manly qualities, but it also says I play the man, Mister Ridley. Yeah, Hugh Latimer. Anyway, Hugh Latimer. I thought that was super cool. But um, your but, translations may actually translate that into the word courageous. Yes, uh, the CSB I, does. Yes, however, I changed it. However, that yes, correct. That is that is a modern the modern take on that. The the well, phrase. I mean, it's, it's what. To act like a man means that's correct. Yeah. The act like man thing, though, has gotten has become has come under fire, and especially in, in actually several translations, particularly because how dare how dare you how dare you exactly Greta Thunberg how dare you say <laughs> that we should act like men and then say that acting like men is supposed to be courageous? What? Yes, it's exactly what we're saying. The idea of the term act like men is to be courageous. You can see this uh, because if you go way back back in time to I'm getting I did not have it ready first Samuel 4 verse 9 it says this now this would be interesting but this will make furious (laughs) type furiously it says this take courage and be men O Philistines lest you become slaves to the Hebrews as they have been to you be men and fight this is the same idea the same idea of courage and phrase and manliness acting like a man is to be courageous. And here we're speaking specifically of battle. Literally the first four words of verse 10 are, so the Philistines fought. The idea here is to go in as a warrior, as a man, and to be courageous in battle. Yeah. I mean, anyone that's listened to John Piper for any amount of time, I mean, he he, he often uses the idea, you know, like, uh, you know, it's, it's the middle of the night, you hear a bump downstairs or you hear your door open. Like, you, you don't send your wife with a bat to go downstairs. 
you get out of bed and grab, hopefully, your gun, and you go downstairs and deal with whatever is waiting for you. Yeah, not to mention the wrong person's name, but Mark Driscoll back in the day would say that you, when you hear that bump, you don't you don't run into the clo- you don't send your wife downstairs and run into the closet and start praying imprecatory prayers, right? You grab the bat and you t- deal with it yourself. Right, that's the idea there. I thought we weren't going to mention his name. I know, but then I realized that people would get angry if I said Mark Driscoll's name, so I said it. Now you can get angry. Oh, now we should have put a trigger warning before that. <laughs> okay, Mark Driscoll's like, back in the Mark day. Driscoll's Calm like, down, everybody. Gee, Mark Driscoll's whiz. like, uh, like, like Trump. I mean, love him or hate him, everyone's talking about him. <laughs> and, and still, it's a funny, still, yeah. it's uh, well, it's still a funny. It's still a funny character right you, the well, I mean, it's, it's, it's an honey, accurate honey go check the go check the sound as you pray in precatory play, prayers in the closet like lord give me a victory over the enemy put your enemy <laughs> under your feet crush them right that's a fun it's just a funny picture okay and because he said it i said his name calm down everybody gee whiz everybody's losing their minds to kill one little mayor and everybody loses their minds dark knight rises joker i don't think that was a line We'll Fur- find out furiously later. typing. Furiously <laughs> typing. <laughs> All right, so that's cultivator and warrior, uh, but there's one more, Jesse. What is that? It would be sage. Oh, that's a. You know what? That's one of my favorite essential oils. <laughs> gotcha there. That's a good one. God of lavender. The diffuser. What? What does sage do? What does it correlate to? Uh, sage is like lavender. You put it on everything. And it makes you everything go away. So much In fact, I've heard that it does wonders for baldness. You may want to grab some sage. Oh, oh sorry. I didn't mean to go there. I love your shiny round head. It's beautiful. It slaps. Okay, don't do that. Oh, the microphone picked it up, though. That's good. <laughs> right, were you going to continue on in sage there? Were you going to read that? Or? No, I'm, I'm really actually trying to uh, no, I, I find the... Uh, Oh, well, Joker quote, don't you actually. worry. I'm going to jump in here with Sage. So I know you're right. I am. When I say that one little old mayor will die, well, then everyone loses their minds. I win. I win. Yep, you nailed it. Don't. Why would you sass me on movie lines? Man, I. One day you'll learn. I feel James one five says this: If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without approach, and it will be given. Uh, we have been called to be sages. The idea of being a sage is to impart the knowledge God has given. Again, seeing this in the in the garden, the 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 reality is when Eve recounts what the Lord had said to uh, to them to man right about the tree, she misquotes God. She she misquotes it. Well, where did she learn that from? Where did she pick that up? She was supposed to pick it up from Adam, who was supposed to be a sage imparting what God had said clearly and articulately and accurately. But even then, he had failed to do that even well. It's like we fail at what God has called us to do. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many there's so many passages uh, that actually correlate with this. I mean, you think of Deuteronomy six, the Shema. You think of Ephesians six to train up your children. I mean, just this just this idea of of imparting wisdom as as central to a man's being. Um, but one of the, one of the passages that, that we came across, um, really all of the proverbs <laughs> start in the book. It's but, actually uh, a book of a father being sage like to his son. Yeah. Uh, but if you'll allow me, just to read uh, chapter four, uh, verse one through nine. Um, you'll kind of you'll you'll get the flavor of. Uh, I just want to say in the notes he didn't put an end verse, and I'm like, oh no, are, yep. we, are we about to read All 27 verses? <laughs> Here we go. Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to Sunday service. This is how it goes. Um, so Proverbs four verses one through nine says this. He says, "Listen, sons, to a father's discipline, 
and pay attention so that you may gain understanding, for I am giving you good instruction. Don't abandon my teaching. When I was a son with my father tender and precious to my mother, he taught me and said, Your heart must hold on to my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Don't forget or turn away from the words from my mouth. Uh, Don't abandon wisdom, and she will watch over you. Love her, and she will guard you. Wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom. And whatever else you get, get understanding. Cherish her, and she will exalt you. If you embrace her, she will honor you. She will place a garland of favor on your head. She will give you a crown of beauty. Uh, and it just keeps going on and on from there. But it, it's that—it's just that idea of, of that passing down of wisdom. And, you know, I, I think that really, I mean, can I just expand this thought for a hot second? You go ahead and expand that thought, Jesse. But I'm always scared when you expand thoughts and don't know where it's going. Um, I mean, I think that we're at a really unique part in uh, American culture right now where generations before us have abdicated this abdicated this responsibility uh homes are so broken um fathers uh can be so absent or eat like just not even non-existent yeah even in christian culture inside of the western culture yeah so i mean we we we're really in a uh, christian men biblical christian men who 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 are are mature and maturing um have a really unique place to to be sages, not only to just their family, but also to their peers that don't have fathers, to to you know younger men that might not have fathers. That 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 circle of sage, I think, can really be expanded, and that's that's kind of how that's kind of how we start influencing culture um, a bit more. Um, you know, rope rope some of these guys in and explain to them that they can be the first line of men in their family to break these curses of of fatherlessness and of of uh, just a legacy void of any actual meaning. They can start the legacy. You don't have to be part of the bad legacy. You start a better legacy. Um, and I think that that's a really great, hopeful, and encouraging message. I mean, it's it's kind of like Jordan Peterson-esque, right? Like, he's he's all about taking up that individual responsibility, you know, type thing. Yeah, um, he is. Um, and it, it's kind of like the same thing, but except, you know, infinitely more. Uh, valuable because uh, you know we base it on Christian discipleship, which is just far better. And but anyway, um, I mean you're absolutely right. The yeah. blood is on the doorpost of the church. God, Christ's blood. The 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 hearts of the believers. The blood is on the doorpost. And in the church, with the, where the where the blood is on the doorpost, there is safety and there is God's wisdom. There is God's righteousness. There is God's knowledge because God has given it. It is it is God who has given it to the church, and the church should be leveraging that at every possible point. For the call of the gospel, the call and seeking of the gospel. Yeah. So we, we should always be inviting in. Um, I, I think that falls under the sage category. Oh, certainly. Certainly it does. You, we're, and this is, I, th- I think this is one of the things that I'm so thankful for in our, our unique pastoring, um, that there's, there is no, we have no paid staff at our church, which is weird and unique for, for a great many churches. We are all bivocational ministers. And when I say that, what I really mean is we all have vocations and we all have the call. And, and we, we take both of those things very seriously, but that also means we get to take the call into our vocation and our vacation is not in the church where we would, where we practice our call. Our vacation is a vacation where we also take the call as well. We get to be as every Christian in the church should be going into wherever they go. And as you go, carry the word of God. And so we need to speak that into the places where we work. It needs to be spoken in our homes. It needs to be spoken in the square. It needs to be spoken everywhere. As if I was rhyming like Dr. Seuss, apparently. <laughs> that just happened. 
I see you looking up something. I'm, I'm just buying you time here. No, you're good. I'm not looking up. Anything, oh, okay, you're not looking up anything. No. Um, I think I think this is this is what we wanted to get to. We wanted to get to the fact that with the with the the curse raining down everywhere in culture, as it always has, it's just bubbling up to the surface now. There's there is no more uh, gilded lily with the curse. It, it is out there, plain in front. People aren't just people aren't just pushing the curse anecdotally behind closed doors in smoke-filled rooms it is right out in front of culture and if the church is not going to take the word of god and meet it in its place meet it right there with truth and righteousness then we can't be surprised you know it's funny we started this episode out title out with uh with the superman tagline he fights for truth, justice, and the American way. And when you look at all three of those things, when you see the culture war that's raged, particularly through the sexual revolution and between between the the alphabet mafia, and you see how they have literally sought, right? And this, this includes intersectionality as well, to, to erase all those words and redefine them. Truth, to redefine truth, to redefine justice. Right, we see this. These are these are big idea words that they have they have they have they're cultural buzzwords that they have redefined in their own image, and the American way, which actually used to simply mean a constitutional rule of law that was based on God's righteousness. Ironically, yes, it was. You don't believe me? Go back. The episode is no God, no freedom, or no God, and you will know freedom. That that's the episode. It, it, this is this is the case, and we have redefined all of those things. Uh, to mean something completely different, based entirely subjectively on emotional feels, uh, on on preferred desires, uh, on 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 personal passions, and, and we've redefined them. We've taken them out of God's realm of righteousness, where we can actually have God's God's righteousness in truth, God's righteousness in judgment, and indeed God's righteousness over a nation. Right? Because if a nation exalts God, it it does righteousness. Right? But a nation that does not exalt God exalts unrighteousness. What do you think of that? Amen. Boom, boom, boom. I think that brings us to the episode, the end of episode forty-one, Jesse. I think we've concluded. And by gosh, we've given you enough scripture. We've given you enough. We've given you enough talking points. We've given you things to think about. Uh, we filled your head with nightmare stories of things actually <laughs> happening in our country. Uh, by the way, protect your kids. If you're not, if you have your kids in public school and you are not incredibly and deeply and just almost irrevoca- irrevocably involved in what is going on in that school system, you're doing it wrong. All right. Or if your kids are out of that school system, you still need to be staying engaged with your 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 private education that you've gotten. Uh, you need to be engaged in the homeschooling either way there's always a cost of engagement sometimes that cost is more monetary sometimes that cost is simply more time but you always must be engaged because you are you have been charged parents with the care of your children you have been gifted by god a responsibility there take it up heed it well uh, so that we can eliminate these stories from being happenstance in our media yeah i mean i've, I've got a lot to say about education <laughs> Look, we but, s- look, but all, all, fir- all I'll <laughs> say is this. We don't farm our kids out to anyone. That's not an option. So we do not abdicate that cultivator responsibility uh, to the state or to private educators or uh, to homeschool co-op groups. We do not get to let that be. That is our sphere. We are to be um, intimately aware of everything that goes on. Um, because we are the ones that are to train up our children in the way they should go. Um, and so that has to happen. Nurture and admonition of the Lord. Get that, to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe I'll just secretly record a solo education episode and it'll just be me ranting about 
school we, options. We did do episodes one and four. No, it needs to be a whole nother one. It I needs to be a whole okay. nother one. I have some things that I'd like to posit that I think you and I could talk about and flesh out. Ooh, sounds fun. Yeah. Well, anyway, I hope we've given you a, a lot to encourage you and a lot to exhort you tonight. And, uh, and I hope that you are very much encouraged to seize, seize the, the faith. faith.